Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. It's uh, it's great to hear, be here, and I'm just going to wait for uh, the slides to come up. Hopefully they're working. That's not it. Uh, it is great to hear, be here. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Myself and uh, Tim Brown, our executive director, is here as well. Thank you for supporting Kids Alive. This week is uh, a week in which you're doing VBS, but you're also uh, supporting the ministry of Kids Alive, specifically in Lebanon. And uh, I, I need to say, I really do consider it an honor to be here with you uh, this morning. A little bit about of who I am. Since May, I've been the executive director of an organization I founded in Guelph called Onside Athletics. Uh, I founded that while serving as youth pastor and children's pastor at Crestwick Baptist Church in Guelph. And before that, I was I spent two years as a youth pastor at Guelph Bible Chapel, if you're familiar uh, with that church. Um, I'm married to Jenna, and she looks really good in that photo. <laughs> Is it coming? Just picture a really good looking <laughs> And I got to marry her. Um, we have a three-year-old son named Dominic. And uh, here we go. So you can skip over uh, the next, go to the next one. coming. Um, and uh, Dominic is three years of age, and in November we're expecting our second child. It's going to be a girl, so we've been told, and uh, I'm really looking forward to raising a daughter. Pray for me. Um, they wish they could be here this morning, uh, but after this, I'm actually driving up to Muskoka Woods uh, for a meeting, and then driving back to Guelph Tonight, as we uh, we run summer programming and summer camps in Guelph, uh, Monday to Friday every week. So uh, I have a busy day ahead, and you can be praying for me. Uh, pray that I stay awake as I drive. Um, the photo is gone. You saw her? She's real, I promise. Um, it was as a pastor at Crestwick that I got connected to Kids Alive and fell deeply in love with the ministry that Kids Alive does. In 2012, I traveled to Peru with with our church, and then in September 2015, I visited Tanzania and Zambia. And in February of this year, I began working for Kids Alive as church and donor relations. After this morning, if you have any questions about Kids Alive, about who we serve, about how to get involved, you can see me or Tim or even Danny Costa uh, over here. You all know Danny, right? It's hard hard not to know. He's a good guy. The, um, but now, as much as I love Kids Alive, as much as I enjoy talking about Kids Alive, I want this morning to first and foremost be about God's Word. Secondly, about what God is doing around the world. And thirdly, to encourage us to be involved. My prayer is that by the Holy Spirit that we will be transformed, not because we will see some pictures of children, but because we saw and understood the words of Jesus. I want us to be reminded that being a Christian, being part of God's family, is more than just coming to church. More than just reading our Bibles. 
More than just going to Bible study, all of which are good things. But they're not what defines us as Christians. The purpose or the responsibility of a Christian, of you and me, of this church, is to be actively involved in the mission of God. Obviously, studying God's word, studying theology is not wrong. Listening to sermons is not wrong. But what is wrong is to ignore the practical implications of theology on our lives. Being a Christian is more than listening and understanding theories and theology. It is about actually doing the work and ministry of Jesus. One of my favorite hobbies when I have time is to golf. I'm not good. Believe me. But let's pretend that I've read every book on golf. I spend hours in chapters reading golf books. I spend hours at home watching the golf channel. Weekly, I even attend Golf's Anonymous. I pay thousands of dollars to be a member of a local golf club. But let's pretend I do all of that, but never play a round of golf. If that was true, you'd think I'm nuts, and you'd even probably call me crazy. But here's where I'm going. If we attend church on Sundays, if we read our Bibles, if we attend a small group, if we give our money to our church, yet we are not, if our Facebook statuses say that we are Christians, yet we are not actively involved in the mission of God, I am inclined to say that we may be nuts and possibly even crazy. If the theology we study and learn does not infiltrate our heart and our bodies, then we are simply spinning our wheels and wasting our time. Jesus wants us, his church, to be actively involved in the mission of God. We know this because over and over and over again throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus reminds us and reminds his disciples that they are to be witnesses in all the nations. To be actively involved in the mission of God, it means our lives will drastically look different. This morning, I hope that by the Holy Spirit, we will be challenged by God's word to leave this place, committed to doing something, something that is gospel-centric, something that moves the mission of God forward, to doing whatever it takes to see disciples made here in Oakville, in Canada, in Lebanon, in all of the nations. For the past uh, number of months, as I've been transitioning jobs, I've been reminded over and over again that the mindset of Jesus during his ministry can be summed up with this phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. Like Jesus, our mindset, if we want to serve him faithfully, needs to be the same in Oakville 
as it is in heaven. In Canada, as it is in heaven. On earth, as it is in heaven. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. Verse 31 says this, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come you who are blessed by My Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick, and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. As I was preparing for this morning and studying this passage, there are three things that stood out to me. First, we see this, the reunion of nations. The reunion of nations. Look at verse 31. Jesus tells us that there will be a time that is coming where he will return to earth and where all the nations will be gathered in front of him and he will judge the nations. Here's what's amazing about God's kingdom. There are no immigrants. There are no refugees. There is no us and them. All the nations are together in front of the Son of Man. If we believe the Bible to be God's word, the the Bible is true, then we must believe that Jesus is coming again. And therefore, since Jesus is coming again, we have an obligation to prepare for his coming. Jesus, at the end of Matthew, says, Go into all 
nations. Baptizing, right? Go into all nations, making disciples. Why? If, if we are going to live for eternity with brothers and sisters from all nations, then it only makes sense that Jesus commands us to take the gospel to all nations. Here in Matthew 25 and all throughout Scripture, we are reminded that what matters to God are people and relationships. There is nothing more important to Jesus than people. Here's the truth. If your theology, if my theology does not lead me to love my neighbor, to love God's family, to love each other, to to love the nations, then my theology is useless and empty. It's useless and empty. First we saw... A reunion of nations. Second, we see this. The Father's inheritance. The Father's inheritance. Look at verse 34. Jesus, after dividing the sheep and goats, awards the sheep with their inheritance. An inheritance that Jesus says has been prepared since the creation of the world. Here's an amazing promise. There is an inheritance that awaits the family of God that has been prepared for us since the beginning of creation. That's amazing. But Jesus reminds us in these passages that the inheritance is from the Father. At the time God created the earth and the stars and the universe, God was preparing an inheritance for his children. I can guarantee you this, is that the inheritance that awaits God's children is greater than a Lamborghini. Greater than all the earthly things that people spend their lives pursuing. We who know Christ have God as our Father, and therefore we are His Children, and we are commanded to live as children in a broken world. First, we see a reunion of nations. Second, we see a father's inheritance. And thirdly, where we'll spend most of our time this morning, we see the profile of the righteous. Look at verse 35. Jesus gives for his disciples a profile of God's children. If you want to know what it looks like to be God's child, look at this text. This is what the righteous looks like. The righteous feed the hungry. The righteous give water to the thirsty. The righteous invite the stranger into their homes. The righteous clothe the naked. The righteous look after the sick. The righteous visit the prisoners. Notice the list. The list is people-centric. At the core of the sheep's righteous actions are relationships. The fundamental idea in all of this is a genuine love for people. 
A love that says, I will do whatever it takes to serve you, no matter the cost. Jesus then says to his disciples this, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Now, is Jesus, when he says, brothers and sisters of mine, is he saying only serve Christians? No, of course not. I can confidently say this because elsewhere in scripture, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And this is what Jesus modeled to his disciples. Jesus healed the blind man. Jesus met and hung out with the outcasts of society. Jesus befriended the Samaritan woman at the well. All throughout scripture, we see that God condemns those who take advantage of the poor, of the weak, of the needy. James, the brother of Jesus, writes in his letter, chapter 1, verse 27, he says this, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Simply put, Failure to look at the injustices of those around us and not do something is simply failure to serve Jesus. It is simply not a characteristic of a true disciple. If you have your Bibles, look back at Matthew 25, at what Jesus says about those on his left who ignored the needy and the poor. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. They will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The truth is this, is if we understand the gospel, and I mean if we really understand the gospel, I mean if we really understand it. I'm trying to emphasize something if we really understand the gospel. I mean, the gospel has saved you, not just saved your mind, but saved your whole being. Then you would know this, that Jesus, God incarnated, left all of heaven and became a man. He lived the life of a peasant, not as a king. He was born to an unwedded teenage Girl. As a child, he fled his country and lived as a refugee. He, being God, came to dwell among his people. He served the poor. He healed the sick. He gave water to the thirsty. He ate with the outcasts. He did this all, knowing he would be be betrayed. By his people. He was murdered by crucifixion. A death only allowed for foreign prisoners. He died naked, starved, and thirsty. 
He died an unjust death so that the unjust could be justified. Jesus, the King of kings, came and met our needs. He did whatever it took. He showed me grace. He showed us mercy. He healed our sickness. He comes and meets us where we are at. And what does he ask of us? He asks us to imitate him. To live as a Christian is to be Christ-like. To imitate Jesus. To show grace. To show, to give mercy. To eat with the outcast. To serve the poor. I would argue this, that when we fully understand the gospel, then our faith will compel us towards the poor, the orphan, the widow, and the broken. Jesus, in speaking to his disciples in Matthew 25, is reminding them that when they understand the gospel, when they really understand who Jesus is, the incarnation of God, They will be compelled to serve and love the outsiders, the poor, the needy, the vulnerable, the orphan. Because quite frankly, the gospel reminds us of this truth, that we were once an outsider. We, until we came into the family of God, were orphans. We were spiritual Orphans. We were in need of God the Father, and God in His mercy saved us from sin, not because of anything we did. And He made us His child. He adopted us to Himself. He adopted us to Himself. I would argue that it is simply impossible to look at your neighbor who is in need and not respond with grace, kindness, compassion, and mercy if you are God's child. Because you who were once, me who was once a spiritual orphan, has been shown a greater amount of grace and mercy than I will ever be able to show to anyone. Timothy Keller, do we all know who Timothy Keller is? He's an author and a pastor in New York. Wrote wrote in his book, Generous Justice, he wrote this, If a person has grasped the meaning of God's grace in his heart, he will do justice. If he doesn't live justly, then he may say with his lips that he is, a, he is grateful for God's grace, but in his heart he is far from him. If he doesn't care about the poor, it reveals that at best he doesn't understand the grace he has experienced. And at worst, he has not really encountered the saving mercy of God. Grace should make you just. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote these words in chapter 2 of his letter. He said this, Faith 
by itself is not, if not accompanied by action, is dead. And later he says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. The role of the Christian is to be actively involved in the mission of God. We are called to imitate the way of Jesus, not just in our prayer life, but in the way we serve, the way we prioritize our finances, the way we live our lives, the way we respond to injustice, the way we use our time. The gospel changes our lives drastically. It changes our passions. It changes our desires. And it changes our direction. Because of the gospel, the mission of God is what should drive every action and every decision of our lives. We have been saved by the gospel. We have been saved by Jesus. We are called to be his, to be God's child. The gospel changes every aspect of our lives. At the foundation of Kids Alive is simply a desi- our desire to be on mission for God, bringing hope to the hopeless, food to the hungry, and clothes to the needy. We desire to be obedient to the call of the gospel by serving orphans and widows all around My- the world. You saw it right there. I'd like you to show you a video of a former Kids Alive Lebanon orphan. After the video, I'll come up and uh, wrap up our time together. My name at birth is Muhammad Ali. When I accepted Christ is when I changed my name from uh, Muhammad Ali to uh, Jid'on. Jid'on is the Arabic word for Gideon. And because many people in the U.S. cannot pronounce Jid'on, so I ended up with the nickname of Jed. <laughs> so I am Jed. <laughs> My uh, father uh, was a blind man. Uh, uh, my family is Bedouins, so I was born in a tent. And uh, Bedouins make their living from uh, having to raise uh, sheep and goats and camels and donkeys. So, as a result, our family ended up to be uh, the poorest of the Bedouin tribe. So they would start sending me out uh, with the other shepherds, uh, thinking, I, you know, uh, they're helping out or contributing. So at the age of five, I was taken from home by the chief of the tribe to live with him. And so at about the age of seven is when we had visitors come to the tribe. And uh, it turned out that our guests were missionaries who were running an orphanage in uh, Lebanon. And uh, while there, and they saw me there, and so they, they offered to take me into the orphanage if the chief wanted to do that. And so two weeks or so after their visit, I landed. The chief of the tribe took me to uh, where 
the orphanages, which is a, a Kinsalai orphanage in Lebanon. When uh, I came to the orphanage, uh, one of the first things they had to do is kind of strip me down, scrub me off. Uh, the clothes that I was wearing, I remember very clearly, they asked one of the uh, kids to take it and throw it in the, we had a burning garbage at the time, to take it. And the boy did not want to even pick it up with his hands. He just used the stick to pick up my garment and run with it to the garbage and throw it in the garbage. Uh, and after that, I was given clean clothes, I was fed, I got to go to school, uh, and kids alive became my home. Uh, we were taught values, we were taught the scriptures, uh, we were told about Christ, and it was through that that I came to know Christ through the ministry of uh, Kids Alive. By the age of 14, I could see how that is different from where I could have been, where I could, you know, what kind of life I, I could be doing, I uh, could be living. And so I went uh, uh, to, to college in Lebanon for uh, two years. And then the Lord opened the door for me to immigrate to the United States. After I came to the United States, I connected with my sponsors and got to visit with them and uh, found out that they had uh, two girls and they basically uh, adopted me into their family uh, here in the U.S. And I'm still in touch with their daughters and actually they, they call me, I'm, I'm the brother that they never had. <laughs> So we have a beautiful relationship. Not only that, but now their daughter is also sponsoring boys at the orphanage. I, I'd like to get that message across to all child sponsors that you may be helping one child, but you never know how much and how that will spread and grow and how many other lives it can touch as well. When those missionaries took a look at me, all I can say, I'm glad they did not see a filthy boy. They saw a child. And that's what they offered to take me to the orphanage. Others saw me as a filthy boy. They saw a child that is in need. That's what kids are like. It's all about. This week here at Oak Ridge, you have the opportunity to serve your community and city through a week of VBS. You're on mission this week to serve God by serving your community. And as well, you have the opportunity this week to support the work Kids Alive is doing in Lebanon. Specifically, at the end of the week, everyone involved will be given the opportunity to donate towards a project supporting Kids Alive 
Lebanon and the expansion of a classroom which will support a number of Syrian refugees that have come to, to that have come to Lebanon. One of those refugees is Adnan. Adnan lived with his parents and four siblings in a small house near Damascus, Syria. He remembers being happy even though they were poor. That happiness was shattered when his parents got a divorce. His father left with the little money they had, and his mother was struggling to care for her five kids by herself. Then the Syrian civil war began. Adnan's mother took her children to an old man who helped them escape Syria while his mother stayed behind. Shortly after they reached the Bekal Valley in Lebanon, Adnan lost touch with his siblings. Alone, he and the old man made their way to a Palestinian refugee camp in Beirut. It was there he was forced to beg on the streets. If he didn't collect enough money, the old man would beat him. One time, the old man picked him up and threw him. It was then that Adnan decided to run away. He ran away. He was free from the old man, but vulnerable to a whole new set of dangers. Thankfully, he found a spot at an emergency shelter. The shelter only offered short-term housing, but they placed a call to people they knew who could offer a stable home. The Dar al-Awad Kids Alive Home. A year ago, Adnan finally made it safe, made it to a safe place that loved him and is committed to seeing him flourish. He quickly adjusted to his new home and made friends. It helped that he showed prowess on the soccer field, enjoyed riding bikes, and loved jumping on the trampoline. Adnan has a big heart, helps around the house, and his singing of worship his singing of worship songs echoes through the home. He is still healing from his traumatic experiences, but his journey towards wholeness is well underway. The home that Adnan now lives in is one of the main ministries of Kids Alive in Lebanon. The home was originally founded in 1948 to provide holistic care for orphaned and Palestinian refugee children. The the home currently serves up to 40 boys ages 3 to 20 who have been orphaned or from very poor families who are unable to care for them. The boys come from uh, from Christian and Muslim backgrounds. Though Kids Alive staff members are Christians and therefore are on mission to teach and reach these children with Christ, to disciple those who make commitments. Kids Alive gives the boys shelter, food, clothing, medical care, education, a mother to love them and care for their day-to-day needs, and most importantly, a living example of Christ's love. Jed and Adam are just two examples of what can happen when Christians united together because of the gospel decide that for the sake of the gospel, 
They will serve the vulnerable, the poor, and the orphan. Please join me and commit to pray for Adnan, the ministry of Kids Alive in Lebanon, and the ministry of Kids Alive here in Canada. We really do treasure your prayers. My prayer for you, though, this week, as you embark on a week of VBS and for the weeks to come is this, and I hope it's yours as well, is that we will live as obedient children of God, on mission with God to bring the gospel hope to the nations, to our cities, to families, and to children. Knowing this, knowing that we are part of God's family, not because we did anything, but it is only because of the grace that God looked down on us. He looked past our filthiness and adopted us to be his child. That, my friends, is good news. It's great news. Amen? Let me pray for you and the worship team will come. Father God, may we remember that we are your children and that you are our Father. And with that comes a responsibility to live as children of you. Father, may we be obedient to you. May we be obedient to the scriptures. Father, may we, may we be a, be Christians who are people-centric, who are gospel-centric. Father, may we look at those in need and, and say, and not ignore them, but say, how can I help them and what does it, what can I do to serve them? Father, may we be known as Christians that do whatever it takes to serve our community, to serve our city, and to serve our country and our, and the nations. Father God, may you continue to remind us that we serve you that we are your child, and thank you for grace. Thank you for the grace of the grace that called us to be your children. Father, we ask all this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for uh, thank you for having us, and thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for your support to Kids Alive. I'm going to close our service. And is there a video that's going to follow? There's some slides uh, that you can see of the home in Kids Alive Lebanon. And as you leave, you can watch those. Jude says this. He says in verse 20, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. No problem. Good. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, Dom's missing me today. I won't, I'm gone all night. So we're working on a... For six months, we've been working on a deal that would bring onside probably under Muskoka Woods. And so they've invited me up today. So I don't know what it's about, but I think it's good news if it's if they're calling me up. Are you pitching? Or no, no. Meetings? They want, the CEO wants to take me out for dinner. That's great. So, That's great. So, so um, would that expand you to your capacity oh yeah. beyond what Oh, yeah. And the infrastructure would... Their infrastructure would allow us to do all kinds of things. That's great. So, we've talked on the phone. Yeah. How are you?